Hi there, and welcome to my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. I'm Catherine, and I'm so glad to welcome you here. Let's discover together interesting facts about fashion and history and fashion history. Sustainable fashion, green fashion, eco-fashion are quite new terms which appeared in our lives few years ago and they took a bigger and deeper meaning during this pandemic. I know what we are currently trying to implement to fight back the negative side effects of fast fashion, but I was curious to see how, during our human history, we used to behave with our outfits and how we perceived them. And if words like clothes renting, upcycling, recycling or mending seem to be new in our vocabulary, they were quite common practice until the, until the post-Second World War economic prosperity. But first, let's examine together the functions of clothes and why human beings started to dress in the first place. Contrary to the other participants of the animal ecosystem, Human beings are quite poorly equipped to face weather conditions and different climates, from extreme cold to extreme hot, from sun to wind, snow or rain. If I look at my cats, for example, apart from being extra cute and smart enough not to bother me while I record my episodes, when they wake up in the morning or ask to go outside, they don't need to put on something more than what they already have on their backs. Mother Nature provided them with their fur, a kind of smart fabrics that evolved during the seasons, lighter for summer days and warmer for winter. This is why all happy owners of pets, dogs and cats are covered at some point by animal hairs. But if we look at our own body hairs, apart from the head hairs, they are not quite long or quite protective. Cavemen might have been more hairy than us, however, it wasn't enough to protect them from the cold days and nights. And one day, maybe the very first designer in times, came up with the idea to wrap his body inside the fur of animals they just killed. Thus, the first rule of dressing, of clothing, was to protect the body from the weather. Then, as the human society evolved, clothing took on new meanings. From the antiquity period to nowadays, clothing has been, of course, used to protect ourselves from the cold and hot weather, but it became also a way to translate our social status. The richer the fabrics, embellishments and accessorization, the higher your position was in the social hierarchy. To some extent that some fabrics or type of clothing were forbidden to wear should you not be part of the right caste. Clothing also took on a religious signification with the development of religions. To show modesty as in ancient Greece, where it was required for women to cover their bodies and their fabrics, to ask protection with the amulets of ancient Egypt, or to show how pious you were with the religious statement clauses of the Byzantine Empire, for example. Over the centuries, clothing became more than just a protection. It became a visual cue to express our personality, wealth, status, and social and political belongings. However, our ancestors were more conscious about the way they would consume fashion, though the term of fashion itself wasn't invented yet or perceived with our modern understanding of it. Quality, value, and longevity were at the heart of everything. They were respectful of their belongings, 
not even mentioning that the materials used for clothes were all natural. In fact, our fast consumption of fashion is quite new, and we will come back to that in a future podcast. Today, I would like to talk about some practices people have been using through the ages to wear and pass along their clothing possessions, from the Middle Ages and its detachable sleeves to the rationing coupons during the Second World War and the second-hand fever of the 70s, follow me in the short story in fashion history. Our first stop is during the dark times of the Middle Ages. I'm sure you have some visual representations of paintings in mind featuring noble gentlemen and gentlewomen wearing long-sleeved outfits, like in the representations of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Sleeves were an important part of the medieval fashion, both for men and women. They were a way to show wealth and status in the society. The longer, the better. They could be so long that they would reach the floor and create a sort of train. And a sort of competition would start between the elite, who was going to have the longest sleeves. These overbeads of lens were quite common during the Middle Ages and part of the Renaissance time. It was a race to have the pointiest shoes, the tallest heels or the longest dresses, making the governments of the different regions in Europe to adopt sumptuary laws, a way to limit the consumption of fabrics and materials in the creation of outfits. According to the sumptuary laws applied in Florence, it was forbidden to use embroidery and decoration on women's clothes, at the exception of the sleeves. This law lasted a few decades, but it led tailors of that time to improvise and adapt. As decoration and embroidery were allowed only on the sleeves of women's dresses, one of the most complex parts of the dress, Florentine tailors worked on a detachable sleeve system. These pairs of sleeves were all the wealth of the wearer could be expressed without breaking the sumptuary laws, could be worn with several gowns. That way, sleeves gained in value and the sleeve business appeared, as they became the most heavily decorated part of the dress and thus the most expensive, you could rent a pair of sleeves for special occasions if you didn't have the financial means to buy one. They were also considered as a pricey gift from the groom to his new wife and could be passed along from generation to generation or from one family member to another family member. This tradition to pass along clauses from generation to generation can be found with the wedding dresses practices but also with children's clothes. I am the first kid in my family, but my brother and sisters at some point wore my clothes the same way I wore some of mother's clothes and still enjoyed searching in my mother's or grandmother's belongings to find some gems. Our second stop is during the Second World War. Yes, quite a jump in time, you'd say. But fashion war was all about sustainability. Of course, the circumstances were quite extreme. Maybe more than during the First World War, the civilians had to heavily contribute to the war efforts, all resources being directed towards the army and the creation of uniforms for soldiers. Moreover, in an attempt to control the consumption in these times of shortage, rationing was implemented. You would have a rationing book 
with coupons limiting the quantity of items you could buy, from food to fabrics. As you can imagine, this had an impact on how women started to dress. With restrictions and limitations, fashion designers of that time were encouraged to create designs that, that would persuade women that austerity could be chic. Even the British Vogue of that time said that, quote, the new trader, trimmed and business-like silhouette is the only one to follow, unquote. However, women didn't want to sacrifice their fashion sense and elegance to the imperatives of the war. They didn't have any other choice than to accept the limitations of 4 meters of fabrics to create a coat or 1 meter to create a shirt and the limitations of pleats and buttons per outfit. So they decided to be creative. Out of old and used clothes, they would create new ones. A dress from their husband's pants or shirt or from old curtains. Children clothes from their own worn-out dresses or shirt. Coats from old blankets. New knitwear from old knitwear's wool and so on. They became quite resourceful in how to use what they had in the best way to limit wastes. This practice of mending, recycling, upcycling and not throwing away anything during these years of war was so deeply implemented in the lifestyle of the generation who knew the war and its restrictions that even after the war and the economic prosperity that followed, they still went on saving, recycling, keeping things in case we will need it. My grandmother, for example, wouldn't throw anything that could be useful from plastic bags to containers. She would keep everything and she would always try to find a way to create something new out of already existing items so that we won't buy new things. Repurpose in action. The decades that followed the end of the Second World War was known as the 30 years post-war boom. In French, we say les 30 glorieuses, the 30 glorious decades. The society experimented an economic prosperity fostered by technological progresses that would ease the life of the people. A certain freedom and optimism characterized this new society. The horrors and restrictions of the Second World War were behind. The future seemed bright. Women became more free. The USSR sent the first man in space, Yuri Gagarin, followed by the USA sending the first man on the moon, Louis Armstrong. Communication became faster, everybody had a TV, and Hollywood celebrities promoted the American way of life worldwide. The rhythm of life became faster and faster. However, at the end of the 60s, a new movement would emerge in San Francisco, the hippie movement, fostered by a new generation who rejected this fast pace of life, wars, and promoted a coming back to a more natural way of life. And this would be our third and last stop for our today's episode on sustainable fashion practice in history, the 70s and the promotion of a slow life and slow fashion consumption. Fashion 
from a social point of view, the 70s are known as the me decade. This decade is considered as a pivot of change in the world history, and our current society would have been completely different if this comeback to nature movement would have gone on. Novelist Tom Wolfe coined the term Medicade in his article The Medicade and the Third Great Awakening, published by the New York Magazine in August 1976, to refer to the 70s. These were young people who were part of the baby boom generation following the Second World War and they were around 20 years old in the 70s and they didn't like this new world their parents built after the war. They rejected wars as the Vietnam War and other wars big powers were having with former colonies which were fighting for their independence. They rejected the lifestyles of their parents. From a fashion point of view, it was a decade characterized by anti-fashion movements and individuality. Encouraged by events as the Summer of Love at the end of the 60s and Woodstocks, young people longed to a back-to-nature way of life. Their clothes would be from natural fabrics inspired by ethnic tribes. They would store second-hand clothes from army surplus and customize them with embroideries, patchwork, applique design. They would use any style references to translate their pacific positions and back to nature sentiments. However, this movement unfortunately didn't last long and the consumption society was stronger. Even if from now and then some society players and consumers try to sound the alarm of the harmful consequences of an unrestrained consumption, the decades that followed the 70s would see an acceleration of consumption and the birth of fast fashion. We would need to wait the Rana Plaza collapse in, in April 2013 in Bangladesh, the sudden realization of the true cost of fast fashion and the birth of the fashion revolution movement to start changing or at least try our consumption habits. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed these short fashion stories about sustainable fashion practices in history and that you found some inspiration on how to repurpose some of your dresses. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen your podcast, to follow me on Instagram and Facebook, and to have a look at my blog to complete the podcast with some visuals. And if you like my podcast, please feel free to leave a comment or review. I would really appreciate it. I'm Catherine, and this is my Fashion Stories Box podcast a podcast about stories in fashion history. See you next week for a new fashion story box.